You are listening to episode 90 of the Bastards of Kingsgrave podcast. This episode contains a recording of our Podcasting 101 panel from San Diego Comic-Con 2022. I was joined on that panel by Aziz from History of Westeros, Michal from the Nice Jewish Fangirls podcast, and David from Glocal Star, who has guest hosted with us multiple times in the Bastards of Kingsgrave. So having made that introduction, sit back and enjoy our panel from last summer, and hopefully we may get the chance to run it again this year at Comic-Con. Thanks for coming, everyone. You excited to be back at Comic-Con after three years? Yeah? <laughs> well, we're going to introduce our panelists, but first I'm actually going to put up a slide, because uh, if you don't want to take notes during the presentation, this QR code will take you to the basically like the notes of this presentation, so you can... Uh, go there if you want. To, if you just enjoy the presentation of having us take down notes. But while it's up there, I'm going to have our panelists introduce themselves. I'll start with myself here. My name is Amin. I have the longest-running podcast dedicated to Song of Ice and Fire, Game of Thrones, and I also do anime, manga, that kind of stuff, and just general convention stuff. So I'll pass it on to Aziz. Hey, everybody. Glad to see you. Uh, this is my first San Diego Comic-Con, and it's pretty cool. I've been podcasting for a little over 10 years. I have two podcasts, the podcast, History of Westwood's podcast and Podcast of Surprise, which I do with this lady here. And um, it's a lot of fun, and I'm excited to get to talk to you all about it. <laughs> and good morning. My name is David. I'm a guest on a few of Amin's podcasts and also have my own uh, YouTube channel. It's called People Techie. We do technology review and used to be an editor-in-chief for a hardware review website. But uh, yeah, just happy to be here and thanks again for coming. Hi, I'm Nicole Sick. Uh, I have, I think, four podcasts. I don't think our mic, is there a mic on? Let's try to. A little closer. Closer. Hi. Ooh, yeah. So if, if you want to get into a podcast, get used to technical difficulties, because that's one of the things you get into. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. a podcasting 101 problem. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious to see, so put your hand up if you already have a podcast. I'll just see, okay, got one person here. And the rest of you, I guess, are interested in thinking about starting your own podcast? Okay. So that's what we're going to start out with. I mean, this is just a bit of an outline that we have here we're going to go over today, choosing your own podcast, and we're going to get into the equipment and recording and that kind of thing. So we're just going to go through each topic. Now, as we go through each topic, one of the benefits of having the audience close here is we have the mic up here. If you see a topic and you have a question, you don't have to wait to the end. We actually prefer if you come up, just line up, and that gives a signal that I know somebody has a question, and then you have the benefit of asking the, the panelists here and getting our knowledge. So any topic you see you're interested in, just come up and ask a question, and that's great. That's it. Take advantage of this opportunity. So we're going to start with uh, choosing a podcast topic. So. Uh, I'll just quickly say what I did. We were at, we're waiting for George's next book, so like, <laughs> we've got to do something in the meanwhile. So we're like, okay, let's go do podcasting about ice and fire. There wasn't that many at that time. There's more now. We've got Aziz here. We've got other people in there. But at that time, there wasn't anybody doing it. So we wanted to do a podcast to fill a niche, fill something that wasn't there, and create the podcast we wanted to listen to. So. Yeah, that's very true. I think what you want to do is pick something that you're really, really interested in. Don't do it because you think it would be a good topic. Do it because you want to do it. Because one of the most important things in having a podcast that's successful and fulfilling as an experience is that you're enjoying what you're doing. If you're doing it for some other reason, eh, it's probably going to peter out. It'll probably start to become a burden and you won't enjoy it as much. And you'll wonder why you did it in the first place, possibly. But if you're doing something you like, the energy you put into it will be like any hobby or anything you're doing for fun, and that's going to really pay off, and your listeners will respond to that because they'll, they'll feel your enthusiasm and your interest in the topic, and they'll, if they're also interested in that topic, they will, just like meeting somebody in the street that shares your favorite comic book interest or your favorite movie, you get excited when you find someone that's 
also really interested in that same topic to a similar level, and that's that's really infectious if the podcast goes. It's one of the best things you can do. Yeah, and I personally have like a three to one rule, so sometimes I do three hour research, just condense it down to like one hour podcast. It's one thing when you're chatting with a friend, just having fun, but it's another if you want to present it to the rest of the world, you want to make sure your information is concise and accurate too, um, so that you know, you're not mis- spreading misinformation. I think uh, that's important these days, and like like uh, Z said, and Z said, you've got to have the passion so that three hours will seem like nothing. Yeah, definitely what everyone said about passion. I, I, I feel very strongly that podcasting is like a uniquely passionate medium, and it's very, very, uh, it, it lends itself to fans and, and loving something and talking about it. Um, I feel like it's always tell that like, a celebrity starts a podcast because their manager was like, everybody has a podcast now. Like, um, and, you know, it just, you can feel where the passion isn't there. So, yeah. Which podcast do, do you do? You said you had a podcast? Yeah, it's called Making Magic. Making Magic. Sorry, it's called Right to Work. Yeah, what kind of, what are you talking about there? Like uh, Magic design. Yeah, and that's what you're interested in? That was what you're passionate about? Or how did you get into that podcast? Well, that's my job. That's your job, okay. So they, 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 it plays off that as well. Yeah. One of the things to start when you do a podcast, I mean, you, you, in theory, you could do a podcast on your own. You could do a solo podcast, but it's often easier to at least to have one co-host. That, that's a decision itself. Do you want a co-host? But how did you go about uh, finding your co-hosts or, or, or co-hosts for your podcast? Well, I've been doing this long enough to have a couple of stories there. I started on someone else's show. Uh, he invited me to come on as a co-host, and he then he eventually asked me to join full time. And then about four years in, he unfortunately passed. So it became my show entirely. My partner joined on, and now she does more production stuff. She still talks, but not nearly as often as she used to. She prefers to do the production stuff. And we brought on another person that I knew. Yeah, <laughs> another person that we knew who is a friend of mine that is uh, a lot less knowledgeable about the subject matter, which we found out is, is actually pretty useful. We have someone that doesn't know it well but wants to learn it hmm. and can thus ask a lot of questions that I might take for granted. And so we have like a balance that way, and that works really well for, for covering like the Game of Thrones TV show and talking about some obscure stuff, and I don't realize that I'm saying stuff that's too obscure, and he will ask questions and kind of balance it out that way. So it mostly that was just a friend of It matches your audience in that way because you have a variety of audience. Some will be more yeah. informed than not, right? Exactly. And then we have guests. Guests are really, really useful to have as well, but that's, that's I guess that's a different topic. I think sometimes if uh, your friend is not too up forth or forthcoming about being on a podcast, they're a little bit more sensitive about their voice appearance, it's also good you can chat with them off air to right. collect as much information as possible. And sometimes it's about building a team. You can still give credit to them. They just won't be uh, like sharing their voice. But that's fine. They can share their mind. And that's the beautiful thing is about uh, working with multiple people. You get different perspectives. Um, so whether you want to have a co-host or not, I think it's really up to you. It's a little hard and challenging to be talking by yourself yeah. for like an hour or 30 minutes. You really have to have the personality for it. Uh, if you don't, that's okay. You can try to find a partner. But it's also about finding a complementary partner, someone who shares the same interests, have that same amount of passion, um, but maybe they can work well with you, they can cover your weakness. So I think a lot of it is understanding what you're strong at and what you're weak at, and pairing up with somebody that really is like a match. Well said. 
You have hosts that join and leave over time. It's not a permanent commitment. But I think the key the key point is online versus in, in person. Because one of the advantages of doing in person is you, you do see the key. When you talk with people, you can see when they're going to stop talking. But with Skype or online or Zoom, and, and there's lag especially, it takes a while to get used to that. But that's the beauty of editing, like the editing process. Not for the person doing the editing. We'll get into that. But it just, like, unless you're doing a live podcast, you're able to edit it and, and can deal with that as much as you can. And just silence is key. Well, I'll, I'll say that for the editing part. Because I, I do a lot of the editing. And so that's like baking the cake and everybody else eats it. That's a, that's a metaphor. It's true. Um, so, there, there's one thing is um, a lot of us are like hanging out a lot on the internet. So right. we frequent forums and discussion boards. So if you have an interest, you frequent like Reddit subforum quite often. You can also find a potential co-host partner there. Too. Mm -hmm. That's a really good tip. Yeah, that's if you're in a if your podcast is already somewhat niche, you want to go to other places where that niche exists, and you may find the, what you're looking for there. Yeah. If you if you have the friends already, that's the advantage. You already have the chemistry. But if you find somebody with a similar interest, over time you'll get that chemistry. And that's why in my podcast we didn't know yeah. each other at all. Then years later we met each other in person, and you're already friends through the podcast. Helps so much, yeah. It's yeah. a big deal. <laughs> so we're going to talk about uh, planning episodes, and, and David kind of touched upon that. But I think there is a spectrum on it. Like if, if you're passionate, and excited, you can just go and record, just get out there, get get that experience. But once you get into it. Planning is, is what makes the difference between, I think, like a, a structured podcast or being able to follow it. So I'm kind of curious, what kind of planning process do you do? You do? I think yours is, is quite in depth in history of Westeros. But yeah, we, we have a, a couple of styles of episode. And we do, with the changing of technology, we've moved to do a lot more weekly live streaming that gets posted to YouTube and then edited and posted as a podcast. But we also do scripted content, and that's what he's referring to, which is there's a lot more research goes into that. We put out only one of those every few months, whereas the others are weekly. So there's still a lot of research even in the weekly ones, a lot of collected subject matter over the, over the years of doing this. I have been doing it for a long time. But as far as the planning process, you, you have to do things like, if you're going to write scripts or you're going to write something like a script where you maybe you give yourself bullet points to work off of, so it's like semi-scripted, hybrid, scripted and, and open, and you give yourself space a little bit for some discussion, uh, you really, and like you said, research is a big part of it. You want, don't want to present your listeners with, with disinformation or just bad information. And if you do that, you want to correct yourself. You'll hear about it if you do it. How yeah, so, that <laughs> and that's a really good thing. If you're honest enough, even if, if you make mistakes and correct them, I think that will build rapport with your listeners. They can tell, okay, this person is going to own up when they make a mistake. That I can, I can count on that going forward. Uh, and 
But as far as preparation, yeah, it's, it's really just about, you, one, one real challenge for us is figuring out how long something's gonna be. Especially the more, the more scripted it is, the easier to tell how long it's gonna be, but the scripting process takes a lot longer than an outlining process. So there's really a happy medium. It's kind of like working with your partners, working with your co-hosts. You, depending on the subject matter, you kind of figure out what you want to do, how long it should be, what your what your audience wants. And that's that's the real thing that's, that's hard to see right away is what your audience is going to want in the long term. It's, it's kind of impossible to determine when you're just getting started. Uh, but if you do it well, you've got a solid foundation to keep going. So I think just the bottom line is, yeah, you just want to work at it. You just want to put the effort in. And if, once again, that comes back to making sure you're doing something you want to do that you're enjoying because you don't want to have to put a lot of work in on something that you're not enjoying. Like, that's what you're... That's a job, right? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, keep that balance. And I think uh, uh, I was looking at Apple Store's uh, iTunes podcast numbers. It's actually decreasing in numbers by quite a large percentage. And that really just shows their update last year that completely destroyed their app. Yeah. <laughs> I was a die-hard Apple podcast user, and then uh, I was like, I'm done. Yeah. So well, there's two factors. One is the, the changes the, the policy each platform provides, but another is, so, so first of all, it's finding the right platform. But the second thing is, um, it just shows that some people, they have initially a lot of passion, but they find out how much work there is. Or maybe they lack a little bit of planning and not understanding what's already out there. So when you're planning your content, planning your episodes, you also want to do some competitive research as well. Because there's a lot of podcasts out there maybe covering a similar topic, but how much uniqueness your podcast can bring to the world, that also matters. Because your perspective or your information, if you come from a different angle that nobody else has heard, that's value and that's meaningful. So really think about uh, how you can differentiate your content versus your uh, other podcasts out there. Because I'm sure you know a lot of people may share the same interests as well. That's a good point. Yeah, I think a lot of preparation is, is also just like knowing what you are capable of because you know you you, you know if you're the type of person who needs a script and works better off of the script, or if you're the type of person who can write like you know this is the Harry's part, and then all the information is in your head. Um, it's, it's yeah, it's very much how you process information and how you deliver information, and that might change also. Like you might start off feeling more comfortable with the script, and then as you you use uh, Google Drive for your outlines, right? That uh, yes. Google works because it's a shared document and you can put notes. And uh, some people love to put a lot of detail in there, and other people don't, but they like to read it and see what else the people are thinking, and that can help them as well. So that I, I should have, I might open that one later to show an example, because even for this thing, we use Google Drive or a shared document where you can plan. One really good feature of that is you can color code right. lines, and yeah. you know who put what line in, and you know, who, you know, that just helps you track everything. So yeah, we use Google Drive for everything. And also, like, it helps you get inspired by like, like a lot of the times. There'll be something in our podcast um, surprise docs where, like, I haven't thought of something as you will write it down, and then, like, I, re I think about it and have, like, a lot more thoughts. Um, yeah. And then, that, then I get new thoughts based on what her additions are, and then you, you 
<laughs> keeps going. And it, 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 you have to follow the flow of the podcast, though, because it, 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 it's a balance. Like, if, if you're like, if, if you're following something on the, on the line and it's good and it's going well, don't you be like, oh, now we have to do this topic. Just go with the flow. But it also is a reminder at the end. You're like, what else do we have to talk about? Oh, we didn't talk about this. So, it, yeah. It, so is our panel here. Everything we're saying here is just guidelines. There's no hard rules. Just if you're if you're interested in a podcast, do it. If you do one and it's two episodes and it's over, that's it. You did a two episode podcast. It's still something, right? You learn yeah. from it. So I, I, that's yeah. a great point. You don't have to set out to do a podcast that, that's got an open ended, never ending setup. There's plenty of podcasts that did twelve. They aimed on doing twelve episodes. They did twelve episodes. Like for example, like covering twelve particular Roman emperors, the ones right after you know the first twelve Roman emperors, something like that. Uh, just take any random topic like that. You can, you can, you can. Doesn't have to be open-ended um, because people will still find it later, and you can put more work into something like that and make it even more research and polish. It's easier to put a lot of effort into something that you know is going to be a certain size and not just oh, am I doing this every two weeks? Um, that's a really uh, important thing as far as another aspect of preparation that's really important, I suppose you could say. So I'm going to do a little check here before we move on. So if we said anything that has got a question for you that inspired a question. When asked for you to come up here, or if you can't come up here, put up your hand. And, and if not, then we'll move on. So I just want to see if anyone has any questions at this point. No? Or do we have, yep, over there. Can you, so you mentioned Reddit as a place to find additional co hosts. Can you list some more places on the internet? So the question was we listed Reddit as a place that we can get uh, more co hosts potentially, or at least find people who are of common interest. What are some other places? Is the question. Um, well, if you have. Uh, if there's forums, if you're in, a, in a, some kind of uh, topic that has forums out there, you'd want to see if any of those are robust enough that people are using them regularly. And a lot of us here have been in the Game of Thrones world, and there's a, a few particularly large Game of Thrones forums, and that's I know of at least one major podcast in our niche that got started by two people meeting on the forums, and they, I mean, they one lived in England and one in America, so they wouldn't have connected any other way. Uh, yeah, they got married. Yeah, they got married, yeah, so that worked out particularly well. <laughs> I know a lot of people have met each other through podcasting or through associated conventions later and, and got married from it. So. Sharing it, yeah. you have one major niche yeah. thing in common. A lot of times there's going to be other things in common too, right? <laughs> so it's online and it's in person. Even in Comic-Con, you might meet somebody who has a similar interest to a similar idea. Exchange contacts and, and then you can record later online. But yeah, as you said, forums are now Discord. Everyone seems to be moving Discord into Discord. Discord is a big one. I mean, yeah. frankly, Twitter. Yeah. I mean, Twitter can is kind of a not the best place, but if you've curated, it can be okay. And that's one example. If you're going there for a hobby or to, to find other people who are interested in things you like, that you know that makes it better. Or by the same token, like Facebook groups. There's a lot of Facebook groups that exist that are, you know, you don't have to use the rest of Facebook necessarily, but <laughs> there's. Or if you already do, that's fine too. But yeah, there's lots of Facebook groups that that are covering various niches and you can a lot of times find quality people that are uh, maybe what you're looking for in some space like that. But definitely do spend some time there first, get to know the people before yeah. you, you invite them to be your Yeah, don't invite the troll to be on your podcast unless that's a layer. Sometimes it takes, yeah, yeah even if you share similar interests, you can find them to be on certain extremes. So. But, but you can always drop them from the podcast, or they can leave later. You have a, you have that, that capability. I, mean, I guess you want to avoid that, but I'll, I'll talk about. I'll, I'll slide that later for transferable skills because that could be useful. But uh, just to date myself, uh, for our podcast of Ice and Fire, we met in Live Journal. That's how, how I found out about it, so, which, which is not used anymore. That's, which, <laughs> exists, yeah. That's great. 
That's right. Yeah. All right. So, is there any other questions? Or we're going to move on uh, to recording chat, and then we can uh, we can get back to that. Okay. So, this is this is the one that's really on a huge spectrum here. Uh, what what you want to do? I, I'll just say before we move on, just to, to the rest of the panel, just at least, and I think they'll agree with me, at least get a headset. Get a headset and a mic because the, uh, the recording and echoing is a huge problem. That's the minimum. Get like a $10 headset and mic. But uh, we'll move on. I think Dave and I actually have the same mic when we get to him. But it's easy. I have so a you. couple of mics, but we have a, like a studio setup for some things. And then I have a more basic setup that I use for, for other things, especially when I'm guesting elsewhere. We can't port the, the setup to someone else's live stream. Um, but you can probably, you can have a pretty good, if not better, setup, microphone, headphones for under, for $200, $250. Um, and you need, the recording software can be free. The, the, the options there, which we're going to talk about in a minute, are, are, are pretty good. But yeah, the Blue Yeti is kind of the standard. It still really is. Uh, it's good. And it's like $120, $150. During when COVID first started, it was like, it jumped up to like $400. But <laughs> it's back down now. To, but but not more. to scare them too much. I mean, David, do you use a cheaper mic than that, I think, right? Or you have yeah. The, yeah, you don't have to have that, yeah, that yeah. one. I mean, That's when you get passionate about it. But yeah. yeah. What, what do we use when we first got started? Like, we just use the basic I, headset, like a $20 headset. Yeah, $20 or headset. Like yeah. 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 And even yeah. that is it's pretty good like for, for yeah. stuff. Just make sure yeah. you have like a, a foam filter or a foamy on yeah. top of them to filter out some of the pops that pop you may filter, have. Yeah. yeah, and then later on you want like a dedicated pop filter, but definitely go wired. Wireless, I think, still yeah. sometimes deals with interference or battery life. Absolutely. You just want to make sure you go wired for that. You know, Even a cell phone can interfere with the wireless microphone right. sometimes. So. You use that mic right there, the fee fine on the, on the right side, right? Uh, That's the one I use. Any yeah, the time. so yeah. having, uh, if you want to invest maybe something between 50 to $100 or a little bit more, just look for cardboard mic uh, microphones, and they give you typically a best quality. They really pick up a lot of details, uh, so more spectrum of your voice. The microphone it really matters in terms of cost, going from twenty dollars to fifty dollars. There's a there's a big jump in terms of quality, um, and then maybe fifty to hundred dollars is another jump. You don't have to start with it. You can start yeah. with a cheaper one and work it as your podcast gets better. You're like, okay, I'm going to invest yeah. in the next it, level. It's yeah. not your voice, maybe that's going to attract the audience. It's your content. So make sure you're really passionate and can get some legs under your, your podcast before you do much more uh, investments. Yeah. It, it gets really high end too. Like you want to just briefly mention there's there's microphones right. that are so good that they only pick up what's within like three feet of them. You, know, you mm -hmm. can play, you could, you could hold it out of the street and it wouldn't pick up any street noise. So, uh, that That is occasionally useful even, you know, if you live in a place where you can't have quiet. So that's, that technology does exist. It's, it's more expensive. It's not necessarily prohibitively expensive, but if you live in like Manhattan or live, live in a city apartment where it's just impossible to have quiet, surprisingly easy to, if you have a few extra dollars, to cut completely cut all that out. You know, like microphones are pretty impressive these days. We, we had somebody who used to record in the closet to, to cut it out as well. <laughs> but Michal, do you have anything to add or do you think we'll be covered? audio quality can really be a spectrum and I, I, mm. I think people maybe think a little bit too much about it when they're when they're starting. Um, like oh, audio quality, but like from your basement you're probably not gonna be NPR. So like as yeah. long as it's not painful to listen to, I, I find that like I agree. If people are into it, 
it, I, I'm a big podcast consumer myself, and I realize that same thing. I like it's funny podcasts I listen to regularly that have like sirens in the background or <laughs> this guy just constantly going before everything he says, you know, and it's like that is a little annoying, but I still listen to it because I want to hear what he says. <laughs> well, your audio is also as only as good as the worst mic. So if you have like a two thousand dollar mic, somebody has a cheap one, they'll just go to that. They'll they'll focus on that. <laughs> True. So uh, <laughs> True that. Yeah. And, and there's something good about going offline and doing that like on right. air live uh, podcast. You can edit out law things, the ums That's and ahs, and That's true. You you will you learn that. You you listen to yourself. You're like, oh okay, I do you have a hums and ahs or likes or that kind yeah, of thing. It can, can help you. Your voice. Uh, sound a little bit, you know, deeper. It might not be podcasting 101, but there is software now that can do some pretty amazing things with editing mm. and and fixing mistakes that were made live. Like you can does the software oh, you can actually nice. like fix live errors because it's got uses AI to yeah. to form words that are simple you can go That's like, podcasting okay, 400 I think yeah yeah <laughs> it's really impressive. you can like you can yeah. go through a document and cut, cut go through a podcast and cut out every um right with one click now I have to, you know, I, I start to see, I mean, I got, we'll get into editing, but I, I start to recognize the um wave, waveform on Audacity. Me too, yeah. yeah I can try to yeah. remove it. It's a shape, yeah. and you know, memory, you start to recognize the shapes, it's wild. Yeah. But so, I would say, when you're starting off, try to do offline podcasts first, and then oh yeah, wait yeah. I don't even do live myself now, I just, I just like the control of editing it, but I'll get that into that philosophy in a bit, but I, just, I want to ask you guys, how often do you record just your podcasting? Well, I record at least once a week, uh, but often more. There's day, there's times where I will record four days in a row, um, and well, I do this for a living, so it's, it's a lot of. It's, of course, I would do it a lot, uh, but um, yeah, I guess that's it. I do it sometimes four times a week. It's probably the most I've ever done it is four times a week, but I've done that occasionally. More likely, once with the. It's probably more like six times a month, okay. uh, but occasionally more. Like it's about to be a lot more with the new Game of Thrones TV show coming. I'm gonna be doing it more like three times a week. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that's uh, that can be a thing if your topic is more seasonal. You know, if you're if you have some topic that's like a historical thing, it's probably not going to change much. But if you're something covering current events, maybe could you cover politics and there's an election coming, then you might have a lot more to talk about. And you might do more episodes or have longer episodes. But yeah, there's really no formula there. The long, longer and shorter. There's there's been. Endless discussions in the podcasting world, which is better, long episodes, short episodes, there is no definitive answer there. It really depends. So, <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I very much go on the, like, when it's necessary. Um, you know, like, I, I find that I personally struggle with, like, keeping to a schedule on mm. um, podcasting. So, you know, like, when, when there's a show that's out every week, like, okay, cool, we have to do this on, you know, this day so we can get the podcast out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you have to make it work for you, you know? Like, you, you do have to commit to it, and you have to, you know, be consistent. But you also, like, you know, unless you're, like, you're using your life, and you can literally feed your job. Like, you know, you're going to have to do it on the weekends or, or at night. Um, and you have to find the pacing that works for you. When you have the weekly show, then you do the weekly recaps of whatever show you're watching, so that gives you that. But if you don't have that, then it varies. But like almost anything in podcasting, you want to do the podcast that you would like to listen to. And whether long or short, there is a debate. Either way, you'd rather have it every couple of weeks or a month than every year, if it's long or short. Like if you wait too long, even if somebody likes your product, they may forget about it or not follow it, right? So if you can get it, that recurring podcast, no matter the length, 
that that'll keep the, the connection with your audience? It's, it, regularity can, I mean, like Nepal said, you don't have to. It's not the most important thing. But if you can keep it regular, audiences will definitely respond to that. If they know that they can, every Thursday, I can, or every other Thursday, I can, they can look forward to something. That builds a lot of rapport with your audience. She's got a question. Sure. So this may apply more to video casting than podcasting. Sure. Do you, do you find, and I may be like jumping the gun, you may come to this later, that like the regularity of posting is, um, you may be picked up by like an algorithm or ah. less. Yes. Now that's that's a great question. Yeah, that is definitely more about video. Um, it, it's true. You can get picked up more by algorithms, and in a way that regular podcasting won't. The podcasting algorithms are, entire, are a lot different than YouTube algorithms, although they are. You can put your podcast on YouTube. That's some of the advantages. You the, can put your the, audio The line on. is yeah. beginning to blur yeah. more and more. YouTube, yeah. All the major platforms are getting into podcasting now. Mm -hmm. Google is, is big into it. Spotify, biggest of all, probably. They're the most aggressive. YouTube is fully, is, is going to be launching. Amazon as well. They're all getting into it. It's, it's just, all the big players are getting into podcasting. And Facebook tried. They, Dropped out there. <laughs> they were like, yeah, they've got other, too many other things going on right now. Yeah. yeah. Well, no matter what the computer algorithm is, the human algorithm is likes to see things often. If they, you do it like months and months later, like who yes. is this? I don't remember this. So it, exactly. Yeah. So so sometimes it just picks up a single episode. Like we have everything that we put out, that my show puts out, is also on YouTube. So we we have we've seen really disparate numbers occasionally. Like an episode will usually they do about the same, relatively speaking, based on our relative audience sizes on one platform versus the other. But occasionally you have a video that just does way better than his podcast version, and the, our YouTube audience is smaller than our podcast audience, so that's that's unusual. Hmm. Uh, but it's yes, there are YouTube wants you to upload like three times a week, which we're not going to do, uh, especially because we do long episodes. But it's a sacrifice we have to make to not drive ourselves crazy by having to do three different formats or what have you. you know. Trying to divide our episodes into three or something wild like that. Uh, yeah, it's it's tricky. Algorithms. It's there's not a lot of way to know how to. It's like surfing blind. You might pick up a wave, um, but I've, I personally haven't been able to figure out how to like make that happen. It just occasionally does. <laughs> you got a question here? Yeah. So if you want to maximize listeners. And you can only be on so many sites. What, what sites do you, what do you prioritize? Well, that's a, one of the great things now is that you can, uh, most of the sites now port all to the others. It's like if I'm on Spotify, if I start a podcast on Spotify, uh, it will be auto-distributed to all the other platforms minus a couple. Like it won't be automatically on YouTube. It won't be automatically on Stitcher. But it will be on iTunes, CastBox, Pocket Cast, all these other smaller platforms and uh, will be available through there. And it'll still, if you have ads in your show, those ads will still play, et cetera. Uh, so there's not a lot, this is a, something that's changed a lot and is still changing as so many big players are entering the podcast industry. We're still kind of in the wild west phase of, of this, of the platforms working themselves out. So what I say now, or what we say now might change in a few years, but there's a lot of different deals being offered a lot of aggressive, a lot of podcast platforms are aggressive at trying to pick everybody up. We've had an ad running in our show since we joined Spotify. The entire entire length of time we've been on Spotify, two and a half years, that's just, if you're making a podcast, put it on Spotify. And they've been running that ad in our show for two and a half years. And so that just goes to show that really, some of these platforms are really aggressive about being the 
the boss of podcasting or whatever, just getting as much of it as they can. So, but they all connect to each other, except for YouTube. So one thing you could do, this is what we do. I don't know if this is maybe not feasible for everybody. We record on YouTube, we live stream on YouTube, and then, then we take the audio and edit it and put it up as the podcast version. So it's a cleaner, smoother episode with the ums and uhs and pauses taken out, but then it's already on YouTube as well. Hmm. So, and then the podcast, if it's a podcast, it's distributed to all those other places. So that's an important thing to know. That's a great question. But most of these things are all connected to each other. If you put it on one, they're going to have the option to distribute it to all the others kind of automatically. So it's going to move on to editing because that's one of the key points that we want to cover. Do oh, you have a question? Okay. Yeah. So when you put it, when you put your content on YouTube, is it like a video of you doing the podcast? Yeah, yeah, it is. What we and we have um, visuals occasionally. Uh, it's it's like me talking, like my the camera's on me. I've got like you know backdrop and all that. And we have if we have a guest, you know they're next to me on screen or something like that. So yeah, pretty like you've seen YouTube live streams. It's pretty yeah. much like that. And then. We try not to refer to too many visual things because of that. Or I can just cut that part out. If I say, hey, look at my shirt, you know, I just cut that out when I'm editing that so the podcast people don't have a, a, something that they can't engage with. <laughs> they don't want to be reminded that there's something that they can't engage with. But you can also, that's another thing that's changing, is a lot more video podcasts are being made. Spotify, again, I keep mentioning them, they are promoting video podcasts big time. So if you make a podcast on YouTube, you can put it up on Spotify as well, and then they will automatically turn it into a podcast. They'll strip the video out and have an audio only, and you mm -hmm. can actually toggle. Like if you're right. in a good cell area, you can have the video on, or just kind of keep an eye on it, but it's still just playing as a podcast. It's, so you have options that way. It's nice. So you have, and I think that's the direction a lot of platforms are going. Certainly not all of them, will, but uh, it gives you more options as far as not having to record twice or repost as much, so that's nice. So let's go to editing because this this is the, one of the key elements of podcasting. And David mentioned the three to one rule for planning. It, it certainly is three to one for for editing, it, as in it takes three hours for every episode, like for every raw content. One hour of raw content takes at least three hours. Maybe more, for video it takes longer. So, it, it, but it is important. It's getting those ums, getting the audio quality fixed up, and but also. I just find that when you record with people and it's live, or they don't know that it's the live won't be edited later, they self-censor, and so they give you this is a, they give you maybe 80 or 90 percent of their total potential. But if you tell them it's going to be edited, they go go to 110 percent, mm -hmm. and I, they trust me. I'll bring it back to 100. I'll make sure you don't get like uh, you know mobbed or something later. I'll take out the bad things, but you don't sell. You won't have to self-censor because I'll deal with it later, and we'll get that content that somebody might be afraid to make the joke or whatever. Well, that might be offensive. Well, don't worry, I'll cut it out later. <laughs> so that that gives you that safety net. And that, I find that the podcast hosts really like that. I don't know if you have experienced that. I wish there was a filter for every politician. <laughs> 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 Some more than others. Do you, uh, your partner does most of the editing nowadays, you said? Uh, no, I do most of the editing. I do the I do all the audio editing. She okay. does the video editing. Um, but most of the episodes don't require video editing because the live streams, we usually don't have anything to edit. Uh, there's just the audio, just cutting out the hum, hums and uhs and pauses and things like that. But um, having doing live stream every week, we're pretty good at not having too many of the hums and uhs, but that's an ongoing. That's just a constant thing. You're trying to learn and get better. You know, it's like with any, any job or hobby, you're just trying to improve. Uh, but yeah, there's um, with with the editing process, you really want to, like you said, three to one. It is is probably the 
most annoying part, most tedious part of being a podcaster. So if you do certain things well up front, you get you do cut down on your editing time. Um, and if you do, if you control your environment, like he talked about, then that also helps a lot. But you have to have a plan for what you want to do. You want to do you want to try to keep the conversation sounding more natural, or do you want to like aggressively cut it down right. so that it's more a smaller size? Even just speed sometimes. I cut out that space sometimes make, makes it faster. Like I'm going to talk a lot about this because I have the pet peeve of being the editor, but if, if you're talking and you're trying to think of the next thing, when you're in person with a the, with the person, people dread silence. They just will say anything just to fill the space. You don't need to do that in a podcast. In fact, don't. Empty space is great. I can take that in a second. If you're, if you're collecting your thoughts, don't be like, oh, 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 just say nothing. Just say nothing and be quiet for 10 seconds. All good. That will be gone later, and it's fine. That's the <laughs> difference between like podcasting or talking to somebody in person. You don't, you don't sit there for 10 seconds doing, doing nothing. You'd be like, what are you doing? But th that's something that you should keep in mind for your editor's sake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, be aware that you can fix your own what you've said, like, especially for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> do you two have any comments on editing? Or uh, yeah. You're not ever spent paying editor. <laughs> 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 yeah, there's a lot. So the good thing is when you're editing your own stuff, like you, hmm. you'll sometimes you'll get comments from your photos like, oh, you've left in so many ums and uhs. It's like, yeah, it's probably because I was going through and surgically taking out every one I did. Um, <laughs> 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 you know, what you notice more. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really edit much anymore. There's actually a lot of uh, freelancer community out there, like Fiverr or freelancer.com. So there's a lot of uh, people who can edit hmm. stuff. You, you don't have that skill or don't want to learn that skill, and that's fine. Yeah, 10 years ago, there was almost nobody with the skill, but yeah. Right. As podcasting has grown, there's more and more people that actually know how to do that. And some people charge a lot for it, but it's just not necessarily worth it. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I, we didn't say what, just quickly what software we I just use Audacity is free most of the time. Which software do you, do you use? We use Audacity and we use Descript. Descript is the one I was talking about that mm. does all this fancy stuff with removing ums and transcribing your nice. podcast. And you can you you can actually it comes up as a document and you can edit the document and it edits the sound file. Mm. So that's super amazing. But it's not cheap. I mean, <laughs> but it's so good. Uh, and I'm, I'm, it's fairly new, so it's part of why I'm so excited about it, because it, it's changed my podcasting life considerably. There's a question back there. Yep. How much does it run? Uh, it's like, I think we're paying $600 a year for two licenses, but it might be a little more. Uh, so it's not terrible, but it, yeah, I mean, it's not the most expensive thing, but yeah, it's not a light, it's not a small expense either. It's called Descript. Like description without the ION. When you're, let's say you are outsourcing your editing to like someone on Fiverr or maybe you can find a community, do you, like, when you're trying to find that person, do you recommend like having one person and like sticking with them because they like to know their content more as they go? Yes. Or like, when, I guess, when, when would you, when's a good time to like switch editors if, like, what's something to look for or not look for when choosing an editor? I think if you like the, what they're putting out, if you like what they've given you, then it's really simple as that. Uh, if you don't, then yeah. But you're definitely ready. Your first point about sticking with someone like someone that gets to know you, that's a really big. They can become as, a good editor can become as part of the show, as big part of the show as, as the as the hosts. 
uh, as I mean, we'll say a lot of us are both, right? <laughs> so, but yeah, because you, you learn, you, you learn might want to edit at least one episode at some point so you can see the pain that your editor faces, and then, <laughs> then, then you'll, you'll be more sympathetic to it. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> do it yourself, you then figure out what exactly it is you want, right? And then you can really deliver that in much more clear instructions. That you can be, and you become a better podcaster because yes. then you think, okay, I'll avoid that next time. It helps when prepare, I, yeah. yeah. And to be clear, editing isn't hard so no. much as it is tedious it's tedious yeah yeah. It, it, yeah it's not like you don't need advanced skills for it you right. just have to have patience <laughs> yeah it's also where you put in music and things like that if you if you want to which is right by no means a requirement but it's a nice way to you know make your show just a little a little feel a little more a little more interesting or unique so we're going pretty good here. We've got about nine minutes left. There's just two topics I want to quickly get through, plus any questions. But I'm going to actually jump to one of them, because I find uh, what's interesting is, is transferable skills. Because podcasting, for many people, is, is a hobby. And I found that you, if you're a public speaker, that brings a transferable skill into podcasting. But vice versa. If you're podcasting, it's a great way to work on your public speaking skills. You can come and do, do panels and this kind of thing as well. It just it, it's a you can get useful skills in podcasting to take to your personal and work life. If you have any experienced that in your podcast at all, because yours is kind of blurred now that it is your job. It is my podcasting yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. That's just like anything you practice, you get better at it. Yeah. I think if you're still working on your speaking skills, it may be worthwhile to join a Toastmaster club or uh, just practice, you know, speaking to my audience. And but this podcasting is like the new Toastmasters, though, so you don't even have to it go. Is, it, is, yeah. it is. So in a way, yes. <laughs> um, but it is great to help you hone in on your speaking skills and just learn how to speak slower and think through the process what to right. say next. So I think that itself is a pretty good skill throughout your whole life. Yeah, just making you a better communicator. Yeah, yeah. learning process ideas, also learning like management a little bit of like personalities mm. especially if you're if you're doing it with people who are you know online friends to strangers um there can definitely be a lot of negotiation that needs to take place even just like when are we going to record you know, that <laughs> yeah. can sometimes be a way more fraught question than you think it's going to be um and you know making sure that you know nobody says anything that upsets somebody else and what, what do you do if they if they do and all that kind of thing um, but yeah, I, mean, I, I think podcasting is just a great skill for your own brain. Like I, you know, I, 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 <laughs> I occasionally listen back to something that I've recorded and I'm like, huh, I did that really well. I have those moments when I'm editing you. I'm like, man, she said that really well. <laughs> well, not only that, if you listen to yourself five or ten years ago, it's like a kind of a diary almost. Oh, like, oh I yeah. thought about that. Like, I, I, that's what I thought. I like this character. No, I didn't hate this character, or vice versa, right? <laughs> it's true. So yeah, it, it's a, it's a form of diary. But you, and, and you mentioned time zones. Like, in the planning documents, you often have four or five time zones around the world. So each person's time zone is he's like learning time zones <laughs> from it. When are they active? When are my co-hosts most active? <laughs> and I think a lot of us are really just hate listening to our own voice but it's something you have to force yourself to do because it's in listening to your own podcast and your own speaking that you really pick up right and can improve and what to say next so well just so many jobs you have to do public speaking at some point well how do you do public speaking you practice it 
But if you have to do something boring at a job that's not interesting, you do podcasting something you like, you practice something you like, and then you can apply those skills to your life. So. Yeah, and practicing something you want to be good at. Yeah. It's certainly a lot different than yeah another like job setting where you just have to be good at it. <laughs> There's one other quick topic I want to catch. Just I mean, we have we'll put David's notes up later. So as I said, you can get the notes. But especially as easy since this is your job is monetizing your podcast, and I'll get to you in a sec. But I, I, that's a it's a question to think about. Do I even want to do so, or do I want to remain as a hobby? Can I even have the capacity? Is another question. I want. I want to do so and not get any money, but I personally try to avoid myself just as my own thing because I don't like to listen to too many podcasts with ads. I understand that though that they need to earn income, but I don't like it, so I, I almost never put ads in myself. And I might get money other ways from you know Amazon links or other referral links where where they can just go to the website and support, but they don't have to do ads. But there's nothing wrong with ads; it's just a personal thing. And so that's why I say like, how did you? When did you start monetizing it? And do you have any tips on that? Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, we. I, I was doing it for more than almost five years before we started monetizing and we just started this, this first simple thing was the Amazon links that were Amazon was like the first <coughs> advertiser of podcasting really in there like back in 2015-16 there was literally like 10 or 12 podcast advertisers that were like regular and now in the like 2022 space there was over like 1.1 billion dollars spent on podcast ads in, uh, in, well not 2022 that was last year so this year it'll be even higher and so the industry's grown as part of this wild west field. It isn't fully realized how big podcasting will be and how much money Spotify expects it to be to, to just keep growing at least 10 more years. Uh, so there's a lot of ways to monetize. It's true. Ads are one way. That's the simplest way. And there's a lot more of, as podcasting grows, there's a lot of platforms that offer you ads like from the get-go. You won't necessarily make much from it if your podcast isn't being downloaded a lot, but there's sites like Red Circle, I think, is a new one uh, that uh, you can get plenty of ads just right away. And that will also pay for your hosting, because um, some sites will charge you for hosting. Less and less of them are doing that these days. So another thing is, of course, Patreon. And now there's a bunch of alternatives to Patreon. Um, Spotify's trying to do their own version of it. YouTube has memberships. They're crappy. Uh, they charge way more. They, YouTube takes a way higher cut than Patreon or Spotify. So. I would avoid that if you can. Um, but there's a way to start small and just keep going. You, if, you, if advertisers will approach you if your show is big enough, and if in the meantime you just start with a, a Patreon or something like that, and if people enough people are supporting you, you can, you know, it's, it's it can be gratifying, but you don't need to rely on it. it it's nice if it's enough to pay for your expenses, though. Is that a quick question here? You say big enough. Like what numbers are good numbers? Okay, that that really depends, but it, it's it's. it's Let's say if you're getting 5,000 downloads an episode, you can probably expect to, to get some track from advertisers, maybe not a lot. But if you're getting 10,000 downloads an episode, you should be getting, you should be getting sponsorships unless you don't want them. <laughs> but you can definitely attract them at that level. Uh, and then they, they do, they do come out of nowhere. And even if it's not an ad, they might have something for your listeners, like a giveaway or something, yeah, right? Absolutely. So that's the spectrum, right? Definitely. So there's just more and more opportunities there. Uh, it's a wider and wider field. It's, it's easier and easier to make money at it. But you have to decide. Like we, these things appeared as we were already doing them. So if I was starting off today, I would do it differently than I started off before, because uh, there's more options now, and, and some of them are. You almost never would be able to start monetizing at the start. So you know your audience, and then it comes. To yeah, you. I don't think you yeah. should monetize at the start. Uh, yes. Because I think you want to have your listeners <laughs> feel, feel like they owe you something. Yeah. If you've given, if you build up goodwill after yeah. 20, 30, 50 episodes, and they're like, they'll be ready to start. Like, yes, you've given me so much. I want to give you a little something back, even if it's just a dollar a month. That can add up. Yeah. We've got time for two more questions. We've got two minutes. Yeah. Yeah.
Um, it's a good question. <laughs> what would you do different? Yeah. <laughs> what would I do differently? I think um, I think maybe uh, would have made some of the things a little simpler uh, because I, if I'd known we'd be monetized in six or seven different ways, I would have kept the initial couple ones simpler. We our patrons got a lot of different levels and tiers and bonus stuff that most of which we're just trying to get rid of now that. It, we're trying to simplify it because the, a lot of the perks people didn't care about. A lot of the perks were too much effort for us, and, or we just they got outgrown because of the changing podcast landscape. So anything you get into, you want to maybe have a way to back out of, <laughs> um, and, which is difficult when it's something that's paying you. You don't want to like that's going to be painful to back out of something you're making money from. But if it you know if it's better for your show, it's better for your show. We got one minute left. This is the final question. We get in the one minute. Is it a chance to get a burning question? Otherwise, I'm just going to promote our podcast host here. We have Aziz's podcast here, History of Westeros, and that podcast of Ice and Fire. And then, as I said, we didn't cover everything today. I didn't think we would because that's the thing. Just like a podcast, see, am I going to do a one-hour podcast? And ends up one hour and a half, two hours, two hours. <laughs> I, don't try, I try not to do it in three hours anymore because it's nine hours of editing. <laughs> but uh, we have the QR code there if you want to get the notes. But uh, otherwise, thank you, everyone, for coming. And We do have yeah. one, one, oh, we have one more question. Could be quick. Yeah. Do your podcast, um, you find it best just to be yourself when you're doing it, or just create some persona? Because I see a lot of podcasts that create this persona that's not really bad. Mm-hmm. Oh. Think of things like when they get some blowback about their abrasive their opinions. Yeah. I, I'd say be yourself unless you're actually acting a scripted role <laughs> for like. Yeah. yeah. That's a tough one. I've, yeah. I've always just kind of been myself on my show, so I think that yeah, people do that. It sounds like a lot of work to, to have a persona. It sounds like a lot of effort. It doesn't sound like part of our baseline of trying to have it make it be fun. That sounds like something you would do if you were really trying to like aggressively make a living or you thought that your own presentation wouldn't work. Um, I can't say I have a lot of experience with that, but um, I don't, it doesn't sound like a great idea. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I think some people can find podcasting that gives them a confidence that they wouldn't necessarily have. Okay, right. And I think right. that, you know, definitely don't like go in like making a personality. But you might find that you have the elements of your personality come out differently behind the mic than, than they do in person. And like, you know, the, that's something you should think about and keep an eye on and make sure you're not, you know, letting one of them run away with the other. But like I, I don't think it's inherently like a crazy thing to say that. That's a good point. Yeah, people like it's like the old saying that like, people behave differently when, when they know people are watching. Same thing if people are listening. David, last one. You got five seconds. Here. And it could be a mixture of both. Um, I, I work with Adam Carolla before, and he's like 60% of what you hear on air. Forty <laughs> percent is, uh, is maybe stuff you wouldn't hear on air. So okay. it's, it could be a mixture. Thank you, everybody, for coming. We have to wrap up about the next one. We actually have a panel on Saturday. I think it's at two o'clock here. If you're into Game of Thrones or House of the Dragon, we'll see you here on Saturday. Thank you. Yeah.